0: If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this message. Thank you. You know, uh, I don't look around to, uh, to inspect, see what you're doing during the worship service. I came from a church where the pastor, we had a, a large platform a baptismal with a picture painted on the wall of a river. You know, so when you got baptized, you would, and then there was a choir thing, but the pastor would always sit in the front, and he would face the congregation. Well, when I became the pastor then, I had to sit up front. I hated it. It It's like I was glaring to see what you were doing. (laughs) But uh, that's why I sit in the front row facing away from you. But, said all that to say this, uh, you know the worship service just isn't a song service. You know what the worship service is? The Bible, not the Bible, but uh, Christianity is called the Great Confession. The Great Confession. In other words, the words that you say actually either will help you or will harm you. Jesus is our great high priest that is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He takes the words. Of course, He's not. If you're cursing, I'm not saying swearing. You know, there's a difference between swearing and uh, cursing. But if you're cursing your life, He doesn't repeat. Well, Father, let's curse them. That's what they're. That's what they're saying. Like like uh the pre-video there. Um I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I can't do anything right. I can't even repeat what my parents said about me. <laughs> I mean, I would you'd think, oh my god and I'd have to repent for saying it. But anyway. But when you say the positive words of the, of the gospel and of the scripture, and you say what God says about you, then the, then Jesus can turn to the Father and say, Father, I agree with that. Let's see that that is, that that's coming to pass in their life because there is an enemy that tries to come and tries to accuse you. Have you ever heard of the accuser of the brethren? Well, the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. He used to accuse the saints, which is you, before God day and night, and God got tired of it and threw him out of heaven. He doesn't want to hear complaints about you, and he doesn't want to hear you complaining about yourself. That'd be a good time to say amen. He doesn't even want to hear you complaining about other people. Hallelujah. But anyway, the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. So in other words, whatever you're delivering, whatever you're saying, then Jesus is speaking that for you. You know, you can't be saved without confession. You must confess that Jesus is Lord. Well, I did that 40 years ago. Big deal. I mean, you need to be confessing Jesus is Lord throughout your life. You need to be confessing that he has been raised from the dead, that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's ever living to make intercession for you, and he's coming back. He's coming back. Anyway, we need to be confessing it and declaring it. Because the the less you say the truth, the weaker you are. You say, well, silence is golden, not when it comes to this, baby. This is not golden. You need to, you need, you and I need to be, you know, the older I get, I, I love it, actually. Because I'm lo- losing my, My thought about, because I used to want to have a good reputation. I still want to, I don't want to, you know, have a bad reputation. But I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to say what God says about me. And I'm not going to be silent. You know, I used to be really shy. Believe me. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even call a girl on the phone I said if you want to talk to me you got to call me my biggest fear is when I called that the dad would answer <laughs> but uh, because I used to stutter on top of it so when God called me I said uh, Lord I stutter of course I was stuttering when I said it but He said, well, so did Moses. What's your excuse now? You know, whatever your excuse is to say why God, why you're not fit to answer the call of God upon your life, it doesn't hold any water with God. So anyway, that was the pre. Uh, Katie always asked me for a title. So I have to think up a title. So I'm going to give you the title, but, you know, the first part of it you might not think is real positive, but just hang in there. I hate, uh, you know, I was, I was, came from a church where I was the congregant, the pew sitter, and we used to get browbeat. You know what browbeat means? You used to get browbeat every week. I mean, even if you were doing the right thing, you got browbeat. And so I had a wonderful revelation. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, uh, if if you read the whole Bible, there are some corrections. Okay? This isn't a correcting sermon, by the way. But the title of the message is called Responding to the Inevitable responding to the inevitable what is inevitable means it means something that cannot be avoided something that cannot be avoided you know there are some things that jesus promised that are in the promise box anybody ever see a promise box you know you you pull one out and you read the promise, and, oh this is not this wonderful. There are some things Jesus promised that are not in the promise box because they're not the Pollyanna. Anybody ever see Pollyanna? It's not the Pollyanna type of scripture. She uh, well Pollyanna would uh, was correcting a preacher and said, my dad used to preach all the positives message. And believe me, I like the positive. Turn to somebody and says he likes to be positive. You know, because for so many years, I heard the negative, I just got tired of it. I got tired of it. But let's just read. Otherwise, we won't get to the picnic. And I'm just looking forward to all the bounty Thank the spoils. Anyway, in John chapter 16, verse 32, Jesus said, indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, indeed means it's coming. Yes, uh, and has come. So it's coming, but it's already here. How many of you know it's the last days? How many of you know John the Apostle said it was the last days. So we've had 2,000 years of last days. But we're a little more closer to the last day now than 2,000 years ago. Okay. He He says, indeed the hour is coming, yes, and now has come that... You will be scattered, each to his own, and leave me alone. He says, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Turn to somebody. Well, just say it to yourself. The Father is with me. Do You know, there's some things that you can grab a hold of that when you get into distress and despair and you get into trouble or the troubles of life, and the troubles of the world you need to realize that God is with you I might as well I might as well do it but but Joel said uh, I need a podcast sermon okay <laughs> so it took me a week you know if I, if I if I know what God wants me to do bam I have 15 five, ten minutes I can bam I can do it but I don't want to do it unless God inspires it so anyway uh, my my uh, next podcast which I haven't done yet is called God's go-to phrase how many of you know you have go-to phrases my dad had some go-to phrases which I can't repeat you know uh, some of you was well, a uh, young preachers. Like me, I remember uh, I was um, an assistant pastor in Kansas City, and when I would preach, I'd say praise the Lord all the time. And my pastor uh, would inform me that I needed to stop using my crutch words. So when I'm preaching, well, praise the Lord, and then I go to the next cell. Well, praise the Lord, then I go to my next side. then praise the Lord. Some of us got some catchphrases, you know, and even we use Scripture. You know, um, like if something bad happens to somebody, we might say, well, all things work together for good to those that love God. And it doesn't matter what happens, You go, people say, you know, that... The problem with using that is it leaves the impression that God did it to you. And then he's going to eventually work it out. Well, I got cancer. Well, uh, all things work together for good. Well, then, yeah, I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. But no, it's not supposed to be used to say that God did it to you, and he's just going to work it out. So we need to be careful about the catchphrase. But when God uses a go-to phrase, it's always for the good. Jesus said here, he says, I am not alone. The Father is with me. What that means is, is everything that God is, all his power, all his goodness, all his love is there available to Jesus, and it's there available to you. When you say God is with me, you are, you're not just not alone. You, are, you have access to everything that you need to, to have a life that is, that is powerful and glorifying. Thank you, Lord. He goes on to say, he says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. Aren't you glad? How many are glad for peace? Notice what he says next: In the world, you will have tribulation. That's like the uh, that's like the ice cream. Uh, that's the spoonful of sugar before the medicine. The spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So, we're talking about today res- uh, responding to the inevitable. Now, uh, I was under the impression that uh, react and respond were two different words. Well, they are two different words, but when I looked in the uh, dictionary, the Webster's Unabridged Dictionary, two volumes, it basically said the same thing. But you know, there are two ways of reacting or responding to situations. You know, you can get irritated, frustrated. You can get to the place you're blaming everybody else. You can get to the place to where you're spewing out the bowels of hell. Or you can start worshiping God and saying, I know God's got an answer for this. I know. How are we going to respond? And the world will have tribulation. Have you ever had any tribulation? Of course you've had tribulation. You know, maybe not to the degree that some people have had tribulation, but you've had tribulation. How have you responded to that? How have you reacted to that? I'm not, don't tell me, and don't come up after the service and tell me. Because I can't even tell you how I've responded sometimes. That's why I thank God for the blood of Jesus. That's why I thank God. He says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Because even as a pastor, I still have to go to the altar and I still have to confess and I still have to believe the blood of Jesus is cleansing me. And then I don't, and then I don't wallow in self pity. I don't wallow in, uh, Oh, what's that called? Uh, condemnation. I don't wallow in it. I get right back into the presence of God because he has, he's given me a gift. He's given you a gift that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and that's where God wants you. He doesn't want you wallowing with the pigs. I don't know if it was in a song, but I remember when I was a kid hearing a phrase, ball and squall and kick on the wall. Have you ever seen a kid <laughs> get angry and start throwing a temper to him? Well, well, you know, sometimes adults do it. We bawl and squall and kick on the wall. Now, if you know the source of that, you can tell me about that later. But So, in other words, he says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Jesus wants you to have peace in the midst of trouble. And that peace is not just a peace that, well, I feel good on the inside. You know, when Jesus and the disciples were in the midst of a storm on uh, on the uh, Sea of Galilee and he was asleep in the back and the storm comes and they wake Jesus up and they say, don't you care that we're perishing? Actually, what they were saying is, don't you love us? You ever question God's love for you? Don't you love us? Jesus is the only one in the boat that had peace. You cannot calm storms when you got storms inside you. Turn somebody say, Oh, that hurt. That hurt you cannot calm storms when you have a storm on the inside of you you have to you have to live in peace and God in the Bible says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God so the greatest the greatest source of peace is with God so rejoice in that and what you know if people don't want to be at peace with you so be it You know that actually, if you read the whole Bible, tribulation is an expected part of Christianity. Just a thought. But but we are not to have a persecution complex. Tribulation, persecution, but don't have a persecution complex. Well, how do I do that? We'll start, we'll rejoice, keep your mind, the scripture says in uh, Colossians 3, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God, May uh, set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. The things of the earth are your troubles, the, the affections of things above are, are the glories of heaven, and not just when we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout the victory. But we realize that we have the victory now. That victory is coming from heaven. As a matter of fact, we're seated with Christ in heaven, so we can take that victory and begin to declare it. Anybody with me? Hallelujah. You know... You get around, how how many of you know that people are sometimes easy to read? Some people are just easy to read. You can tell whether you want to be around them or you'd like to head the other way. As a pastor, I don't have that luxury. As a pastor, I have to go, I have to wade into it. (laughs) But bless God. You know, it's wonderful when you see God move and you see the light come. You know, this is a little off the subject, but hey, I'm known for that. It's wonderful to see someone that's demon-possessed that gets delivered. You know why? Because the light, begins. the light comes on. Hallelujah. Sometimes when I'm preaching, sometimes I see the light come on. Sometimes I see the light go out. Sometimes you, <laughs> yeah, let's get on. Anyway, well, why? Why, God, do I have to go through this? Why? Why? Glad you asked. John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. All right, let me ask you a question. Are you identified with Jesus? That doesn't mean you have a stamp on your forehead. You know, I used to think about the mark of the beast, I used to think about getting, you know, when I came into Christianity, I was really into that. And uh, anytime I'd see 666 on a license plate, ooh, you know, and, uh, you know, anybody ever read Chick Tracks? You know, in the Chick Track, 666 was across the forehead, you know, just (laughs) stuff like that. And, um, Then it was barcodes and stuff like that, you know. Why did I get off on that? Oh, yeah. Marvel not if the world hates you. It hated me before it hated you. The reason I brought all that up is because you don't just have, when you're identified with Jesus, you just don't have a mark on you. You are, you are identified with Jesus and because Jesus lives in you. So don't take it personal when the world hates you because there is a spirit on the inside of you that's hated by the spirit of the world. You can smile now, Natasha. They don't hate you. They don't hate you. It's the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you, and the spirits of hell hate it. And people just respond to the Spirit that's in them. They respond to that. That's why Jesus said, you know, rejoice when people persecute you. Why? Because really, you're the Spirit of God's on the inside of you, and hell doesn't like it. Who gives a who gives a a D? What hell thinks? You know, I used to be a sailor, and sometimes I still act like it. But why? Uh, <laughs> that's why I have to repent. That's why I need the blood of Jesus. But we have power because we've got the Spirit of God on the inside of us. We rule and reign with Jesus Christ. We don't yield to the pressures of the world. We don't yield to, you know, uh, I thought about, wow. I was thinking about writing on, anybody here on Facebook? I was thinking about putting on a post, I wonder how many Facebook friends I'm going to lose today. (laughs) But anyway, you have to be you have to be on Facebook to understand that. My cousin tries to correct me for every post I put on Facebook. Well, I thought about just blocking her. You know, I think God talks to me more on Facebook. than anywhere else, because, man, I can talk. I have the power of the fingers, and it's not the middle finger. It's, it's the, I can, I can say things, and I'm writing a response to something, and God says no. God makes me delete so much stuff, and I think it's just great journalism. I think it's great, but God says no or don't put that on there. You know why? Because he lives in us. He lives, uh, he lives in us and when he has our, you know, and that's really an encouragement to me. You know, because sometimes I think, God, where are you? He always shows up when I'm on Facebook. <laughs> So at least I know I'm saved. I'm still saved. Well, I might be able to preach this the next time. But anyway, he says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me. He goes on to say, if you were of the world, the world would love, would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you. Wow. That is so powerful. You are chosen. You're chosen. You're not the last kid being picked at recess. Oh, you take them. No, 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 you take that's your it's your time. You take no. No, God says I choose you. I choose you. Jesus, Jesus even said in John 15, you are, I do not call you servants, I call you friends. I call you friends. Jesus said, you are my friend. You know, I got a big revelation with that. I thought, how am I treating people? I need to treat people, especially the brethren, like they're my friend. Like they're my—I don't—I never like the the uh, the pastoral hierarchy. Yeah, somebody said to me a while back, wasn't that long ago, because I used to wear three-piece suits when I preached here, and I had a gold chain, <laughs> three-piece suit. And it dawned on me after a while, I'm not changing these farmers. (laughs) And, you know, so I just started wearing suits, you know, whatever. And now I dress like I dress, and somebody said to me, I wish we would go back to the days. I said, yeah, I'd like to go back. It'd be nice to wear a robe (laughs) and a tunic. You know, that'd just be so liberating. When you go back, how far you got to go back? Loin cloth or what? <laughs> but, you know, I don't know if I told, told the person that, but I was thinking it. Thank you, Lord. But Jesus said, I choose you. I choose you. You know, but sometimes we try to avoid We try to avoid persecution. We try to avoid trouble. But believe me, you do not want to be an undercover Christian. When I was a kid, there was a song on the radio called Secret Agent Man. Secret Agent Man, Secret (laughs) Agent. They've given you a number and taken away your name. But you know what? A lot of Christians play the secret agent man because they don't want people. They don't want to take the persecution. They don't want to take the heat. Now, I don't try to get out there and act stupid. But I'm not going to hide who I am. Not going to hide who I am. If you get so undercover, God won't be able to recognize you. Oh, did I say that? Was that me? Hallelujah. Do you know what? You have been elevated, you have been given extreme value in Christ. He chose you. You are elevated. You are lifted up. You know, we sing the song about Jesus, for you are high and lifted up. But you know what? Jesus did the same thing for you. He highly lifted you. You are high and lifted up. You are high and lifted up. You You are valuable to God. You are chosen by Jesus. Let's go. Let's hurry. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 verse 10 says this. He says, "Now you follow my teaching, my perp- my, uh, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my perseverance, and my persecutions and suffering. Well, that was okay. I, I could even do I could even deal with the patience, but the persecution and the suffering. He says, such as happened to me at Antioch, and then all these other places. But he said, and I endured the persecutions, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. You know what? You want to feel and sense? You want to sense the presence of God? Get into persecution and see how God delivers you. And I'm not saying get into it on purpose. He says, indeed, all indeed all who desire to live godly. Anybody desire to live godly? Well, now let's finish the rest of the verse. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, that will tell us whether we are living godly or not. I'll never get persecuted. Well, are you cussing like the rest of them? Do you smoke and chew and go with the girls that do? <laughs> my old preacher, my lady hates that saying, but my old preacher used to say that. Do you? Nah, no, forget that, but is there, if, the, uh, if there was an, if, if you were arrested for being a Christian, do they have enough, would they have enough evidence to convict you? Hallelujah, will I wear a cross? Well, I'll tell you what, I've seen some people wear crosses, big gold ones. More than I could, more than I would pay for. And they're singing the devil stuff. You know. It's not about wearing a cross, it's about about who's on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's look at some people that handled it. And I just have to run, run through this. You know, Joseph had a dream and a call. Do you have a dream or a call? Last week we heard about dream, dream big. What happened when Joseph dreamed big? His brothers hated him. His brothers hated him. His brothers threw him in a pit. His brothers were talking about killing him. And then his brothers sold him into slavery because he had a dream. Well, I'm not going to dream then. Go ahead and dream. Just keep your mouth shut. To some people. Yeah, you have to know if you, have a, if you have a ministry call, don't run from the ministry call. Satan hates the ministry call, but he might try to persecute you. In Mark chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible says the sower sows the word, and immediately Satan comes to steal the word. You know, don't get don't get don't get so self-conscious. Satan's not after you. He's after the powerful word that's on the inside of you. Well, I know how to fix that. I won't get any word in me. Then he'll just leave me alone. That's like making a covenant with the devil. You leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. You don't make no covenant with the devil. He's come to kill, steal, and to destroy, and he hasn't changed. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's just uh let me just say this. We need to stop the well uh, just I'll I'll say it simply and then I'll talk about it. You need to stop navel gazing. In other words, you're looking on the inside of yourself. You are you're looking on the inside of yourself and you're seeing what's wrong. You're looking on the inside of yourself and you're condemning yourself. You've got to look beyond that. Stop your, stop your self-evaluation. You know Paul said, "I don't even evaluate I don't even judge myself." He said he says I don't judge myself. He said there's coming a day when God will judge me. There's coming a day when God will judge me. I'm not going to judge myself. Man, that's that's not according to a lot of a lot of ways a lot of people teach. But if I keep my focus upon who God is and what he's done in my life, then I don't need to worry about how I'm responding to the world because my mind and my focus and my love is on Jesus and my love's on Jesus and I'm going to love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, uh, I've discovered that some of the simplest commands in the Bible are so powerful. Just so powerful, but you know, we know them, but we just don't do it. Like, make a joyful noise. I've 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 gotten to the place where, you know, things that bother me, and I and I just start, I just start laughing out loud. You think something's funny? No. I just start laughing out loud. The other day, uh now this is gonna age me a little bit. Anybody uh, remember Fat Albert? Hey, hey, hey! You know, sometimes that's gotten me out of depression. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Well, what did that do? That got me off. Of, that got me off. Of looking at me and and start gazing. On, start gazing out. Make a joyful. He didn't say. He didn't say the joyful noise was. Praise the Lord. No, he just said, make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. Shout to the Lord. Remember that uh, song from uh, Australia? Shout to the Lord, all the earth let us sing. Power and majesty. I have to start in the lower octave. Shout to the Lord. Do you know that deliverance brings laughter? I was uh, being oppressed by a demon for over a year. Just oppressed. And it was every night. We we lived in a two-story house and everybody was asleep upstairs and I would stay up at night because that was the quiet time, praying in the midnight hour. And every time I would turn out the light to go up the stairs, I felt a claw in the back of my neck. And, it, and when that came, there was just a fear that would dominate my life. And I would rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I command you to go. And this went on for a year. Now, if I left the light on at the top of the stairs, that fear didn't come. Why don't you just leave the light on? Because I'm not going to yield to the devil. I'm not going to yield to the devil. So I remember the last time it happened. I was getting ready to go up the stairs. I flipped out the light. The claw came. The fear came, and I heard the Lord. The Lord say, "Laugh." L a u g h, laugh. Okay, ha, ha 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 ha, ha 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 ha. I heard another voice. What are you doing? And then a revelation hit me. I said, I'm laughing at you, devil. I'm laughing at you. You know when he left and he never came back? Never came back there. <laughs> never came back. You know what I discovered? I started thinking about it. Satan wants to be God. He wants he has a messianic complex. So when I started laughing at him, it bruised his ego. You want to bruise his ego? Start laughing at him. Thank you Jesus. You know, the ultimate the ultimate thing is this. What is God God? What's God's ultimate purpose for the world? You say well it's to get everybody saved and we know that God's not willing that any should perish but all should come to repentance but his ultimate is that the ultimate goal of God? Yes he wants to get you saved and he wants to get he wants to get you uh, he wants to get, he wants to make you a child of God but the reason he does all that is so that he can live in you we sang that song. We sang a song about, uh, you know, send, send the, send the fountain. Well, my Bible says here, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The fountain's in you. The fountain's in you. You know, the enemy, the Philistines would, uh, they would, they would throw garbage in into the wells of the patriarchs. And then but the the, uh, the, and the the later kids would come up and they would redig those wells they'd pull all the garbage out. How many of you know the enemy tries to put garbage in you? Tries to put garbage in your thoughts. Garbage and the garbage is mainly of self-condemnation. And God says it's time to clean out the wells. It's time to let the living waters flow. From you in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. How many of you are saved this morning? You're you're not afraid uh, afraid of persecution, huh? Okay, are you saved? I didn't. I didn't. I have to look over here. Anybody saved over here? All right, I'm checking. You didn't raise your hand, but he's nodding. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. Silence is not golden. And I'm not telling you to run out to Walmart unless God tells you. I'm running down to Camp Heber myself. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you thanks and praise. Lord God, that though we're going to face persecution, we're going to face trial, we're going to face trouble, Father God... The, that is not the end. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got the life of God on the inside of us. We have the the streams, Lord, of life that are flowing from us and we're going to make a joyful noise. We're going to declare your truth. Lord God because it is the truth that not only makes us free it makes those it makes those we come in contact with free. We take authority right now over fear, over depression, over anxiety We take authority over self-condemnation in the name of Jesus, and we command it to go by the power of the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. We have authority in Jesus' name, and we laugh at him who's trying to do it in Jesus' name. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask, do we have a healing team today?